Welcome to the podcast, Your Turn Women, with your host, Melody Holman. In this podcast, we'll explore women's health with stories, interviews, and the cheers for when goals are achieved. But the best part of all will be for you, as a woman, to learn to say fuck off to everyone who tells you what you should do, and to say yes to taking back what you need to be at your optimum health. Hi friends, this is Melody here from Your Turn Women, and today we're sitting down with Kathy. Kathy is the owner of Integrated Holistic Wellness Academy up in uh, Allegan County, which is near where I live in Kalamazoo County. And it's funny how Kathy and I met. We didn't know each other up until just, what, a few, maybe a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It turned out that a friend of mine who I ran into throughout weird circumstances after she and I chatted about doing some work together for health for my groups this coming year just that afternoon ended up talking to Kathy Kathy sort of shared her where she is in her health and Melissa contacted me and said Mel you're not even going to believe this we gotta I want to set up a meeting for the three of us So I was like, all right, that's awesome. And so we met at the Panera and we had a coffee and she ended up helping out with our um, workshop called Your Turn Women, The Healthiest You 2020. And she is focused on nutrition. She has an incredible backstory on how she came to find this way of life. And today she's going to talk to us about how food can heal our body. So first of all, I'd like to say thanks, Kathy. Oh, thank you for having me, Melody. I appreciate it. Well, we love it. So, Kathy, can you share a little bit about what health means to you? Sure, I'd be happy to. What health means to me is being able to get up every day and live my life. I need to be able to do massage therapy. I do massage therapy as well as teach at Integrated Holistic Wellness Academy. I also need to be able to take my kids to basketball do the laundry, do the cooking, everything that comes with living your life, exercising. And I want to be able to do that with a quality of life. Yeah. That's what health means to me. Yeah. I There's this guy, Garrett, I talk about him often. He's the first one who talked to me about functional health. He's like, Mel, it's not about just training. You're right, getting fit so that you can run a half marathon. It is about training so you can live your life, right? Pick up the bag of dog food without it crippling you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I come to love that thought process, and that's how I think about health too. So that's great. How did you come into, right? So you've been a massage therapist for how long? I've been a massage therapist for 25 years. Uh, I taught for 15 of those years. After that school closed, I missed teaching so deeply. I thought, well, there's not any jobs around here. I'm going to open my own gig. Yeah. I'm going to open my own gig. I'm going to teach it the way I want to teach it. And and with that comes a piece of nutrition. Massage therapists, as many other people, everyone I can think of, needs to be able to function in their own body. It's more than just the movement of your arms and legs. It's the movement of your lymphatics, your circulatory system that embellishes health. Yeah. Well, I've gone to see a massage therapist too, and the work that she does on me is so intense. I'm thinking about the workout that she's doing while she's working on my body Mm -hmm. and her just needing to be strong both physically mentally and nutritionally right so that she can Mm -hmm. keep up she does like eight clients right and it's Mm -hmm. a ton 
So when you talk about the lymphatic system and the circulatory system, like what does nutrition have to do with any of those things? Well, nutrition has a lot to do with those things. This is your immunity. This is your ability to detoxify your body. Uh, We have toxins definitely all over within our food, within our soil, with the air we breathe. And our body has constantly had to adapt. And it's our ability to adapt that leads us toward that health to the quality of life that we have. If we're not putting in our body what we need to adapt to our environment, uh, then then we're going to start taking steps backwards. Right. Detox, I feel like, is like this trigger word right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone is talking about, oh, I'm doing that to detox. And even in my yoga class, they talk about, oh, when you sweat so much, you're detoxing your body. What mm-hmm. is detox? Like, what does that even mean? Well, detoxification comes with uh, being able to process what's in our bodies. Our bodies will choose the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And so if there is not a way for our liver to process, for instance, uh, hormones, Yeah. if we're not eating enough fat, healthy fats, to process uh, hormones out of our body, that gets reuptake. So you're looking with estrogen, trying to get estrogen out of your body, you need healthy liver function. If you don't have that, then you start leading toward more of the estrogen estrogen dominance issues. And I faced that with myself. So I had to fix myself. Yeah. Can you share, are you willing to share with us about what that means when she says fix herself? This is a pretty incredible story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was going about life feeling good, in my perception, and yeah. feeling good is always within Relative. your right, right, exactly. And I got into perimenopause, and my body was doing things that I could not control with food alone. Yeah. So what happened was I, I was bleeding so heavily that I couldn't function. Yeah. So my health barometer went completely you know, south, I couldn't, I got up, but I couldn't go anywhere. And what happened was I, I went to my gynecologist, she said, Okay, you have polyps, we can we'll get those taken out. Everything will go back to, you know, close to normal, you're not going to have this issue any longer. I'm like, Okay, great. And I had one or two months where everything was back to where I could handle it, my quality of life was much more improved. And then it was back to what it was before. And I was like, darn it. This didn't fix it. Right. Okay. And if this didn't fix it, I had everything. I had all the knowledge to fix myself. I just didn't want to have to do it myself. You know, I got a little tired there. Yeah. So what happened was I dug into my nutritional therapy training and I dug into my metabolic training and I said, okay, I'm going to fix this with food because that's where everything circumvents fix it with food so I did so I I took a supplement that had uh, basically the premise of cruciferous vegetables concentrated I needed a little dusting of a specific hormone and some another supplement to help move the additional estrogens out of my liver and I was fine and I was fine for years so I kind of let that protocol drift away. Yeah. And I didn't follow it as closely because I felt, okay, I don't feel like I need this any longer. Right. Well, it showed up again. So I went to the doctor and I said, what's going on? Could this be? 
And she verified that the polyps were back. And I said, you know, what do we need to do to keep this from happening? And she, her exact words were, Kathy, we are symptom management. And I don't know if it broke my heart first or second, mm. but man, was I mad. I yeah. was so mad. Again, I wanted someone to fix me. Yeah. And then I was like, damn it, I should have done this to begin with. I knew in my own body what I needed to do. Yeah. I knew what I needed to do. And I didn't do it, and now I'm I'm doing it, and I'm fine. Yeah. Now, I don't know if the polyps are gone. All I know is I can wake up today and live my life, and I'm not interrupted with being a woman. And to look at being a woman with, with a sense of humanity and pride instead yeah. of how we talk to ourselves so negatively yeah. about our our perimenopause or our bodies, how we speak to ourselves. And it's fine now. Yeah, it is true. I was actually just, um, just this morning in my morning meditation and I, I always go in the morning. I always go to spirit. What do I need to know today? Right. What do I need to know today? And so often it is, you've got to do the work. Mm -hmm. And when I was working on my journal, I was sort of brushing it up. Um, for the health coaching that I do and the same thing I was reading on there just like back to day one like what's the original thing that I give out and it goes back to you've got to take responsibility Mm -hmm. and I know and ladies for you that are listening I know that it is not pleasant I know that it is so much easier to do everything the way mother like the way our society says Mm -hmm. it is Life, someone said to me recently, you don't even have to go through the drive-thru anymore, Mal. They'll deliver it to you. Like, you don't even have to do... Our life, if we go with the flow of our life and we just roll on down the river, right? Mm -hmm. We are going to roll down the liver to fat, sick, and and tired. We're just going to... Because that is the way our culture has made us. So often, women that I talk to don't even get an hour lunch. Right. Right? They don't even get an hour lunch. It, even if they get an hour lunch, and I'm using that in air quotes, that just means that they're told that they have an hour lunch. It doesn't mean that they get to actually get up and use their hour lunch. It mm-hmm. means that they're sitting at their desk eating their lunch through lunch, right, while they're working. Right. We were asked to take on more responsibilities with our jobs. We're asked to take on more responsibilities with, with family obligations and not just our kids, but also parenting. Right. So if you're in a generation where you've got your parents that you're dealing with in addition to your children, and then sometimes like me, then I've got my kids and my grandkids, you know, we're just, and I'm not saying it's a negative, it's just the way it goes. And so if we choose to go down that road and not put ourselves and our health on the calendar, we are going to get fat, sick, and tired. It just, isn't that a, is that a show? I think it's a show. Fat, sick, and nearly dead. Yeah. Oh, fat. Oh, it's close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's just true. Right. And it is hard for us, even when we know, like you said, to take responsibility and do the work. Because the work is time consuming. And it does feel like one more thing I got to do. And yet. And yet. What's your other alternative? To be here. Listening to me. Mm -hmm. Talk about how we should do that. Right. Like, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. The time. Right. Well, right now, you know. Stress has always been around us. Yeah. You know, and people talk about stress and it's even the word stress has become so diluted. Yeah. But just from what you just said, caused my body to just contract a little bit more. 
Yeah. And so when you think about the stress and what it's doing to your quality of nutrition, like your quality of life, yeah. mentally, uh, it, digestively, everything. Right. You know? No, it does. It slows it all down. It slows it all yeah. down. And it's... Stuff gets stuck. Right. We... There's this wonderful book by Louise Hay. Oh, no, I love her. No, yes. I love her. You should listen yeah. to her and talk to her and then talk to yourself in the mirror about how beautiful you are. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there are reasons why you have what you have. Yeah. And you've, you've, I don't want to say you've talked yourself into it, no. but just with my story of the polyps, I had some negative self talk yeah. to myself. And where did it land? Yeah. It, it landed. In my uterus, yeah, you know, and and it's not that far fetched to say, yeah, what I was saying had had to do with reproduction. I had, I've been healing probably over the last seventeen years from having a stillbirth, yeah. a full term stillbirth, and I still to this day, on Zachary's birthday, yeah, my breasts will become sore and sometimes have discharge. Yeah. Does that mean I run to the gynecologist and get a mammogram because I I think I might have breast cancer. Right. You know, of course, I had that checked back when I had my son. But psychologically, how your body holds on to information keeps you there. Yeah, it does. It does. And and that all plays a role in your health. Yeah. Your, yeah. And if you ladies, you don't believe it, get on the Googler. I say this sometimes when I do mm -hmm. it. Get on the Googler and Google the research and I can't remember who it is but there was there's two things that I find so fascinating if you do not believe that your words and your thoughts create sometimes the symptoms that we have in our physical bodies go look at the research one of them is about a person who was they were gardening god there was this whole research done about this gardener and the gardener they did all these different garden plants right so one of them was the um the hypothesis was the plants that I touch as I garden my own food, they create the nutrients that my body needs. And that there's a study and it was this big thing. It was in, it was like in medical journals. I've, I don't know where I found it, but I read it at some point. And this, what they found was if you plant your own food and you tend to your own garden, because of the cells of your, right, the skin cells that come off of your hands and your body as you're working that plant and in that soil, they created within that food that was made specifically for your, for that particular person's body and what they needed. It, it was, it blew, it, like it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Right. Phenomenal. And it's Phenomenal. the same idea of pregnancy. Yeah. When you are when you are pregnant and if mom has something going on that baby is going to yeah is going to create the cells to help you heal because yeah. it, and it's a phenomenal it's phenomenal same it's the same thing it's mm -hmm. and then the other one that i think is great is the snowflake study have you seen the snowflake study so snowflakes was it the snowflake study oh gosh now i can't remember there was a study done and it was all about the um how it changed based on who you talk to. Maybe it wasn't snowflakes. seems like there was, was it Dr. Amoto's water? Maybe it was the water study. That that might be it. They talked to it. And what, do you remember that? Do mm -hmm. you have any, can you? 
Well, I'm familiar with Dr. Emoto's water study. And what it does is he put uh, water samples underneath a high-powered microscope. And he saw uh, when you uh, spoke to the water, it you could speak negative things and the, and it would be like a putrid kind of snowflake yes. crystalline it's gotta looking. be that yeah and then when he spoke of like prayer and mother Teresa, any of those it was absolutely beautiful and they were all very unique yeah from several different water sources and, right. and it's a, in a in an art gallery it's a traveling art gallery too to show what happens with water but we see that when you talk to plants in fact yeah. I, I feel really bad when i look at these experiments because just to show little kids how they talk to each other. Yeah. At the school, they will have a plant that they say positive oh, things to I, and, yeah. a, and a plant they say hateful things to. And you can see such a difference. And I thought, oh, that poor plant that that's, poor, being, that's being so mistreated. Yeah, it, But it's true. Like we, the, the understanding of the power of our thoughts and the power of our words is, and I go back to, and I'm not, and y'all know my feelings about religion. I'm not a religious person. I've got my spiritual beliefs. But even if you go back to, if you're a Christian and you go back to the Bible and Jesus talks about speaking, right? Mm-hmm. The I amness of us and, and you are as I am. And I, I, it is so true. It just, we just take it for granted and we speak to ourselves and we end up making ourselves. There was another thing that I think about, and that is, when kids grow up in homes that are sick, right? Parents are sick and they talk about our illness all the time. We're always talking about our illness and that's Mm. just a part of our, and then they say, well, it's hereditary. And there's been no link that says that some of these diseases are actually hereditary. Correct. But what they are is you have been raised that this is what you're going to have when you're older. This is what you're going to be. This is how you're going to be for real. Like we talk ourselves sometimes into these things. Oh, absolutely. Melody, you're so, so absolutely on point with that. I have an Uncle Bob, rest of spirit. Uh, He, he is my brother's father or brothers or my dad's brother. Yeah. And what happened is they lost their dad at the age of 42. Boom, gone. And so my Uncle Bob for years after he died said, I'm going to die when I'm 42. And I kid you not, right before his birthday, Went to sleep, didn't wake up. Yeah. Was just about 42 years old. And that that power of suggestion for yourself. I know. And and it's amazing how we speak to ourselves. And this is nourishment. Yeah. It, it can it be is nourishment. It right. can be, or it can be poison. Right. Yeah. And and so when it comes to nutrition, are you are you nourishing yourself out of a window? Right. Like fast food, or are you just are you really contemplating how you behave toward yourself? Your family's watching you. Your kids right. are watching you. Break, yeah. break the cycle. Break this cycle of of self uh, negativity. Right. Well, my dad, he passed away from cancer, and he would say, I'll never make it to retirement. I'm going to die of cancer. I'm going to die of cancer, just like my parents oh, wow. died of cancer. Never going to make it to my retirement. My dad, who I love, and we are like best friends, he's in spirit. Mm-hmm died of cancer, right? Like never made it to retirement, died of cancer. And it is, there is something to be said for the way we do that. Um, When we think about food and how our food heals us, like you talked about curse. What did you say? I'm thinking cauliflower, but that's not the word you said. Cruciferous Cruciferous vegetables. vegetables. What are those? Like, what is the point of those? 
Well, with cruciferous vegetables, you have like the broccoli, the cauliflower. You have all of these these vegetables that have specific uh, appropriations in your body. Like they answer to uh, uh, help with detoxification. They help. They do that by helping balance hormones by bringing the function of the liver to its best capacity. What it did for me specifically is what it, what the cruciferous vegetables in the supplement that I took, it captured the additional estrogen that was in my body. And the, and with the, uh, supporting supplement I used helped the liver flush it out. Okay. So it, it, it does those things, but it's, it's never going to be just one thing is going to fix you. Right. You've got to, you've got to go with your thinking you have to go with your intention and how you feel about it. If you're eating cruciferous vegetables and, you and you're like, them, I hate them, that's I hate not gonna them. work for you. I you know, no, it's not. It's, yeah. It's really not. So when when Kathy first sat down, we started talking about the insides of foods. Can you talk a little bit about that? We were talking about the walnut and different what different foods, what the properties is that they have for your body. Right. What I think is so beautiful about food is you can cut it in half. For instance, a pomegranate. Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. Uh, Yeah, they're like jewels. I love them. I love them too. And when you look at them, they they are symbolic of like the arteries. Right. And you look at it and you cut it in half and you taste it and you you taste like an astringent type type taste and what it does is for the arteries is it gives it that level of elasticity and so that you can look at it itself and really experience it on your taste buds and say wow this is this is performing a form of like contraction or elasticity and that's what the walls of your arteries need you know and so so I mean you can drink that in juice you can have it on your salads but it's so fun sometimes to just look at the inside of it. I agree. Mm-hmm. We were talking about, I always tell the ladies, like, don't be afraid of the purple cabbage. It's so mm-hmm. beautiful. It's so beautiful. And that's another vegetable that I feel like people just forego, right? We just pass it by. And yet, when we think about, we talked about it earlier, about the colors, it's a rainbow. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about the different properties of the different, like what you think about with the different colors? Right. When we eat food that is devoid of colors, you can pretty much almost guarantee it's devoid of anything that's going to support vitality. Yeah. Okay. You're looking at colors in fruits and vegetables, and you're you're starting to see this vibrancy, and and you can feel really good having them. And I'm not saying just eat salads all day long. No, that's of course by not. all means, no, I'm not saying don't. eat salads. Yeah. Uh, but the number one killer we all know is heart disease. Yeah. And by the age of 10, kids are already having streaks of atherosclerosis. And by 20, they're getting those plaques. And by 30, it's continuing to perpetuate and then we're we're dying. Right. And 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 this is based on on the standard American diet. Right. Right? So uh most of my family has passed away from heart disease. Right. My mother, my father, my brothers, two brothers, my nephew, he was barely 30 years old. Yeah, the first place I headed to was going to get a full cardiac workup because I'm like, okay, 
Yeah. You know, I want to make sure that I'm here for my kids. I, I don't, I don't have a choice. Yeah. I need to be here for my kids, which is plenty of a choice actually. Right. And that's a cop out to say, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, so everything checked out fine with me. And I'm like, I need to stay fine. I need to stay in optimal health, not just health. I need to be in optimal health. Right. Uh, because I need to outrun these kids. Yeah. And because I do have two surviving daughters right now, one is 14 and the other one is 18. And I'm their mom. I want right. to be there. Yeah, you know? I do too. And yeah. and it's like, um, like basically, that's when I really jumped into a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah. I had to. Because I, I thought well, I was she chose doing to, right? I, well, I, I chose, chose to. to, I chose to, and I thought I was doing something better by eating the happy meat, but I was eating so much of it. I, you know, I tried the keto for a short period of time, but I missed my fruits and vegetables. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know what? I heard someone say people love to hear good news about their bad habits. Right? Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. I was putting butter in my coffee. No. I know. Oh, Why? Listen, yeah. if you know me, you know the keto diet makes me just want to cringe. And you do you. Like, you do you. Right. And and I know that you'll come out of that on the other side just like Dr. Atkins did, right? At some point, you realize yeah. that maybe just eating pork chops, bacon, and, and butter might not be for your optimum health, mm-hmm. regardless of what they try to sell you. Right. Can you tell us about what happened um, with your husband over the course since the beginning of the year? You bet. Yeah. My husband, he uh, he is considered obese mm-hmm. uh, very stationary he he's sedentary he doesn't do exercise anything like that and he's like okay I want to do a whole food plant-based diet for a month and I said great we're going to work together I'm going to show you uh how to cook yeah and of course he eats what I prepare, prepare. so he has already taken a huge step towards that I mean he'll eat all the things that I prepare which is right. fantastic I wouldn't call myself a fabulous cook but there's YouTube <laughs> there yeah. is the YouTuber <laughs> so within the first two weeks he dropped his hypertensive blood pressure into the normal range yeah two two weeks two weeks yeah dropped his uh, body mass index index by several percentage points Dropped 10 pounds in two weeks. Yeah. Now, most of that's probably water weight. Yeah. Regardless, it's 10 pounds. So that was the first two weeks. The second two weeks... Yeah, because we're into February now. I know. Yeah, he right. did it for a whole month. He did it for the month of January. Yeah. And I, have to, I, and I have to say, I'm happy to say he's continuing the lifestyle. Yeah. But the second two weeks, he agreed to start exercising. Well, he didn't really get there yet. Yeah, that's uh, all right. And... He fell off a little bit for snacking, you know, mm-hmm. a handful of peanuts and some dairy-free ice cream. That snack was over 2,000 calories. Right. Okay. So last last numbers for the end of the month, maintained the 10-pound weight loss, continued on with fantastic blood pressure, yeah. which was really one of the most important things to me. You know, right. I wasn't, a, you know, I lost most of my family. I'm not going to sit back right. and watch my husband. I, I want to do as much as I can. Yeah. I want to expose him to those choices that he can make. Yeah. And, and I think he needed those numbers to say, wow, I really did move the needle here. Yeah. Uh, so really he's going to continue on with that. But the, I didn't realize the feeling I was going to get so deep when I took that first two week marker and, yeah, and so I was amazing. like, I, I, I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked with myself. I knew I believed in it. Yeah. 
but to but see to it, see it, right? It's different, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We so my husband, he has um, high. He had super high triglycerides, and like over seven hundred. Like, really, if I can remember that, that was anyway. Doesn't matter. He had really high triglycerides, and the doc said. There's no way that you could do this or anything other than pills. And mm-hmm. you are at such a high risk that I need to put you on something right away. Anyway, so he did. He took the medicine for a while. And we began, this was, I don't know, five or six years ago, we began a um, vegetarian lifestyle. We're not perfect. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have fish. I love, God, I love. I do love some sushi, right? Like I do mm-hmm. love me some sushi. And I like, I like raw tuna, like I just do. Um, and so we're not perfect in it. But what he was able to do, yes, he took his medicine for a while because he was at a really high risk. Then once we started this, adopted this lifestyle, once it continued on after a year, he got off the medicine. He did it for a year. Triglycerides came down. All of his levels were within the normal range. And so then we wanted to know whether or not he could, we could maintain it just through our diet alone. Okay. And we, not only did we do it with, through our diet alone, his went down even more by diet alone. So mm-hmm. he was off the medicine, went another year, got his self blood test, got the blood test done again, and they were lower without the medication than with on it. And he didn't tell the doctor what he had done. He didn't say he was going off of that medication. Mm-hmm. We just sort of did it. He's in, right? We can, we just wanted to see. Sure. Yes, we were putting him at risk, maybe. Mm-hmm. But his levels on the second year were better than his levels at the first year. And now, we can't even consider we've done a little bit better from January as well. Mm-hmm. He really wants to get into a whole foods because you can have people who don't eat meat and they eat the Oreos. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. I listen and I'm one of those people. So, I mean, not all the time, but it is a really nice treat. And I do put them in the freezer if I get them and they are really, really delicious. <laughs> and it is, it they is, and it is just such a great treat. And there's really nothing that I can make that sometimes satisfies the Oreo desire. So, right. I mean, there is a difference between a plant-based diet versus a vegetarian diet or mm-hmm. even a vegan diet, right? right? Like there is a difference. And when, when we look at what the foods do, and I have another story about my mom, I was sharing with Kathy earlier years ago, my mom had terrible acid reflux. She had awful, um, hernia issues, just a lot of digestive issues and had what the doctor called dumping syndrome. And so the doc was like, you know, you really need to eat some of these different foods and add some of these different foods. And so for a little while, I helped her out and showed her, taught her how to roast a beet. I know some of you are like, I don't like beets, but I'm telling you, if you wrap them in tinfoil and you roast them up, they are so good. And if you get freaked out by the red beets, start with the golden beets because the flavor of the golden beets is not as intense. So you got to, sometimes you got to start small. Like, right. and that's true. Sometimes you can't just go right to the beet. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But roasted beets are, they're the bomb. And then like a sweet potato, right? So if you take a sweet potato and you cut it into medallions. So think about a pork loin. And if you cut it into medallions and you roast a sweet potato like that, you do the medallions. I put a little salt and I put a little cinnamon on them. Mm. And you roast them in the oven at 425 for 22 minutes, depending on the thickness of the slice. Mine is 22 minutes. And they are the perfect between not mushy, but tender and not hard. Mm. I don't like to, I don't want to crunch them. Right. So I've got like a texture thing that I like it just so. 
Same thing with roasting. We love to roast Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. And you just put a little bit of lime on there with a little salt and pepper. It is all like my oven temperature goes to 425. 425, we roast all of our vegetables at the 425. Oh, that's fantastic. And so I know that maybe you don't want to start, and I might be, we might be a little too preachy on here about, well, you're telling me I have to do this. And that's not the case. You do you every time. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing you, understand what it is that you're doing to the inside of your body. Right. Because it is one thing to do it to be thin. And I did that when I lost my weight. I went to the Weight Watchers. So great. First time I understood what a portion was. First time I understood that, you know, whole milk is bad. But what was the alternative that they wanted me to do? Skim. Really? Like I didn't, that was all about weight loss. It had nothing to do with my health. It was, it was, they, I don't know that they, it's not against Weight Watchers and maybe it's changed. This was 11 years ago right? So let's go there. 11 years ago, I am not bashing the Weight Watchers because it worked for me in regards to my weight loss. And I don't remember ever learning about health. I learned about portions, Mm -hmm. but they talked about diet food, right? Diet food, diet food, diet food. And diet food is chock full of chemicals and processed crap. I mean, you know what your best diet food is? Cut up a mango, right? Like that's a really good diet food. So good, right? Cut up a mango, put it in a container, have that with you for a snack. Throw some walnuts in there. Throw some almonds in there. Y'all know I don't like either of those, but I'll put some pecans in there because those are my favorite. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, again, you do, you, no one is saying that you can't have pleasure, but there is something to be said for that kind of pleasure. And -hmm. if you could look at the inside of your body and what you're doing to it, instead of just the weight loss on the outside, I am still not a slim girl. I eat mostly vegetables and fruits and I'm not slim. I mean, I'm slimmer than some. Yes. But if you, I actually had a guy one time say to me, this is when I was working UPS and I brought in my food and we make our own homemade refried beans. So I bring my food, my lunch in, and it was during the class and he goes, what are you eating? And I said, oh, we make our own refried beans and make our own, sometimes we make our own tortilla and you know, whatever. Anyway. And he goes, what are you, a vegetarian? I said, I am. We eat mostly plant-based. He goes, I thought all vegetarians were skinny. Yeah, see, so there you go. No, <laughs> not necessarily. Because, because, again, this isn't about the outside of my body. This mm-hmm. is about the inside of my body and what I, I want to be around like you for my kids. Right. Yeah. So, like, what is it that you, I think about time. It takes more time in the kitchen to eat this way. What do you think about that? I think uh, food prepping. I think food prepping is big. I think, you know, I think my very favorite appliance is my Instapot. No, I know. Dude, I know. I know. Mine too. So personally, I make a vat of soup. Yeah. And that sustains me for several days. I love it. I just, I put in like veggie broth, low sodium veggie broth, cabbage. I put lentils and this last one I made I put rice in it lots of veggies lots of carrots I put a whole heart of celery in it the whole thing I put it all in there because it just all blends in it don't Mm -hmm. matter sure and I eat this for lunch I eat it for a snack for lunch if I if I'm doing a fair amount of massages that day I'll put some avocado on top of it so I get a little bit more fat in with what with good healthy fat in what I'm eating and it sustains me yeah so 
Yeah, me too. I, we eat, I ever, well, maybe you don't know yet. I haven't been on long enough, but every Sunday in this fall, winter and spring, even because it stays so cold here in Michigan that every Sunday I make soup, right? So last week was lentil. We made lentil soup. This week I made a homemade chili. um, And I, then sometimes midweek, now that I've got the Instapot, I can make wild rice soups. Mm. So before the Instapot, the it just took too long to deal with it. And it was such, by the time I got my rice right, my other stuff was, I just couldn't find the right combination. Mm-hmm. And so now, like midweek, I've got all the stuff to make my wild rice and mushroom soup. Stick it in the Instapot, takes 12 minutes, right? Like mm-hmm. it is, I know I've got friends and maybe some of you on here who got an Instapot for Christmas or bought one over and they got scared of it and they had to, right? They took it back or they sold it. Right. And I would just like to encourage you to, again, go to the YouTuber. They got, like, just go to the YouTuber. Like, they got all the stuff on there. All right. the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think food prep is is huge because we are busy. Yeah. And if you can take a few hours. Yeah. Really, we're not talking all day, yeah. especially when you have an Instapot and even a crock pot. Just yeah. toss it in there. I make... I make a combination of brown and white rice because that's what my kids eat. Yeah. And that's in, in the fridge. I have a, a couscous, a pearl, pearled couscous and veggie mix for for people yeah, on whatever. the go. My kid's yeah. headed to college. She's bringing some food with her. So there's there's always food prep. There's there's meals in the refrigerator for people to just take, you know, yeah. between basketball and, and college and all of this stuff, you know, we're, yeah. we're not sitting down at dinner at six o'clock like I was raised. And, and when the kids were young, that's what we did. Right. But, you know, life gets busy and, and you have to think ahead. Bring the snacks with you. Yeah. My daughter made a fantastic trail mix and right. she's got that with her all the yeah. time. You know, it just comes with being prepared. Yeah. And I will say, too, like whenever I deal with my groups, I say, if you have a choice between doing an extra workout this week and food prepping, food prep. Right. Food prep. Like I know I'm always talking about moving and moving makes you feel so good. And I, and I totally agree. But if you're moving seven days a week or six days a week and you're not taking the time for food prep, prep your food on one of those times. And if you're, you know, even an hour. So even if you go to the gym for an hour, you got to drive there, you got to drive back. That's a good solid two hours, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a good solid two hours that you could use in the kitchen food prepping. And now we've got so many accesses to like the shift shoppers, right? You don't even have to go to the store if you don't want to, right? Like have it. My best friend, Annie, Annie gets the blue apron sent to her. She cannot stand cooking. She can't stand meal prepping. She mm-hmm. can't stand going to the grocery. She just doesn't like it, right? She has found that the blue apron is her new best friend. She said, Mel, it is sort of, it can be expensive mm-hmm. because they have a large family. She has five she have four kids? It doesn't matter. She's got enough kids to make it me wonder how many kids she's got. And um, so they buy it for that. They do it four nights a week. Mm-hmm. And she goes, but when it looks like either I'm doing that or I'm taking my kids out to eat, A, it's cheaper than going out to eat. And B, we're getting a lot more variety in our diet. She was talking about the different fruits. And she's like, Mel, have you ever had this fruit? Yeah, I've had that fruit. Oh, my God, that fruit was so good. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Right. So sometimes... Maybe if you have an option where going out to eat or trying one of these, if food prepping's not your bag or going to the grocery store is not your bag or meal, like deciding what meal is making a meal plan for the week, try one of these new things. They have tons of them. There's right. tons. There's right. tons. And they come to you all the time. She goes, Mel, 
Everything is done. Every other than cooking it. It's so awesome. Right. And and so their their and businesses are answering to they are the convenience. To our call. Right. Yeah. They absolutely are. Yeah. You know, and and I'm one of these people that, you know, I don't want to wait for a heart attack to come to get serious about what I'm doing and right. co- really more conscious about yeah. what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm not saying that people should wait or for a health crisis. No, of course not. Or, but sometimes that's the boot in the butt we need. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And, and it can be scary. I have my in-laws. They're morbidly obese. And their quality of life for the last 20 plus years has been terrible. They can't get around. Uh, and and they're retired cannot find time to cut things up in the kitchen and it's choices it really is choices that you're making i mean like you said mel the there's shipped there's all kinds of there's ways we can do it that make mm -hmm. it so easy right and and it's like that inner struggle that you have what does that look like are you willing to go there you know when it comes to nutrition it's it's not uh it's 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 not a whole lot of mental gymnastics to figure out Eat the rainbow. Yeah, eat the rainbow. Eat the rainbow. You don't have to count macros. No. You need to get carbs and fats and protein and hydration from good sources. You know, water is not, you know, tea, caffeinated tea or coffee. Water is water. Right, 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 right. No, I agree. And I, and I can't stand water. I hate drinking water. I hate it so much. I, I don't, I found, um, I am willing to drink. I call it my spicy water now. Water is just, water is my struggle. I'll mm-hmm. eat all the vegetables in the world. For some reason, water just does not taste good to me. I've got to, I make myself drink my 20 ounce bottle in the morning. Okay. I make, I make myself drink three. I make myself drink three. And then I do drink tea and I drink my spicy water. But water, if I had a struggle for nutrition, it mm-hmm. is water. And that's one of the things I noticed after I graduated uh, as a nutritional therapy practitioner. I went through the Nutritional Therapy Association. Uh, one of my first clients, you know, it's baby steps. Yeah. Is bringing in the water. And she detested water. And I thought, uh-huh. what about throwing some strawberries and cucumbers uh-huh. in there? And she started doing that. And they actually have cups now that you can yeah i got put though yeah Yeah. you can put that in there and really infuse your water with that that's fantastic do that right just try something or if you're me Mm -hmm. just it is what you do Mm -hmm. i drink it i know how good it is for the inside of my body i know my entire body is made up of energy and water Mm -hmm. everything else is fun right but it is energy and water and i gotta make sure i get it in Mm -hmm. it's almost like a it's just it's one of those things like you brush your teeth i don't know i just it isn't that it's always pleasant, and it isn't that I don't eat French fries sometimes, and it isn't that we're not normal life humans, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we've got to, we, we really do, you got to take some responsibility, and it might not be your time, mm-hmm. right? And that's okay too, and this doesn't mean to be preachy at you, but just for the knowledge that it is our choice. Mm-hmm. We do make it, I, I say in my one-on-one group or in my personal coaching Every single choice you make has made you up to who you are right now, right? And you can stay there. If that's where you're happy, then you do you, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that's where you want to be, you do you. And you have a multitude of minutes today to make a multitude of choices today. And it's just that one. It doesn't have to be all the choices. You don't have to be like, I've got to do it every day or I've got to do it all day. Just do it for right now. Like right now, 
just choose when you crack open a soda to pour a third of it out. Drink the rest. That's when I do my small steps to healthy living. That's Mm -hmm. what we do, right? We make choices like that. Like, okay, it doesn't have to be all of Mm -hmm. it, right? You don't have to give it all up. Just start with pouring out a swallow or two swallows. Right. And that's it. And I know that it sounds wasteful, but you know what? It's better in the down the drain than in your body. Right. And I love soda too. I do love soda. <laughs> I mean, I love so much of it that I, so I do know the internal struggle of it. And I love my life mm-hmm. and I want to live my life. I want to live it well. I want to feel good when I get up. I want to love, my, I want my children to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your Integrated Holistic Wellness Academy. What is that? How did that come about? Uh, the Integrated Holistic Wellness Academy came about uh, out of a love of teaching. Yeah. I love teaching massage therapy. What this uh, academy offers is a clinical massage therapy program. Within that program, I'm able to do uh, pieces of nutrition. Yeah. So I can bring in nutrition and personal training into that piece because I'm not going to just, well, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you how to do a phenomenal massage with proper assessment, but I'm also going to teach you how to take care of yourself so you can continue on in this profession. Yeah. And that means, you know, making date paste, which is blended down with jewel dates. Yeah. So when you have five massages in a row and you don't have time to take a lunch break, that you can fuel your body yeah. to be able to use your muscles in a way that is the most appropriate right? instead of burn yourself out because burnout is huge in massage therapy. Yeah. Uh, so it's so intense. If you've ever mm-hmm. had a good, like a, like a good massage, like this isn't like your husband rubbing your feet for two minutes, right? Like this is not, or your kids, right? Like sometimes I'll say to the kids, don't you want to rub mommy's back? Yeah. And they give a little squeeze, squeeze, and then they're done. If right. you ever had a massage, you just know how much effort goes into that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Physical effort on the massages part. Right. And one of the things with Integrated Holistic Academy or Wellness Academy is the fact that it's, it's all integrated. It's all, it all matters. And it's the quality of the massage therapist that can continue the presence yeah. to hold space for that client or that patient when they're in the room. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to hold that space for yourself. Right. And that does mean, you know, eating in a certain way. You know, I was of average size when I started massage therapy. I ate out of a window. I smoked. I drank that Coke all day. And I could do three massages. I was 25 years old. Right. You know, and now, sure, I'm almost 50. Well, yeah, I can do five or six massages. I can probably do them in a row. I've done five in a row. And right. I, but I know how to take care of myself. Yeah. And that was something when I was teaching before, I didn't have the freedom to teach. Now, I don't teach the massage therapists to do nutrition. I teach them how to do themselves yeah. well. Right. So they have a better offering for someone else and a a more thorough offering. Right. And, and that is live by example. Yeah, it is. I, I, I mean, we see that in, I saw that in my family, right? Like, so when I, we decided to change the way we were living for a while, I did it just for myself. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I sort of came to about six or five or six months in and I was looking at my family and looking what I was doing and making myself to eat. And then what I was doing and giving them to eat. 
mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yeah, this has been... Re-. And then I saw the results that I had for myself, mm-hmm. right? How great I was feeling, how how awesome I, you know, was looking, all of those things. And it took me a while before I started to realize or finally realized this can't just be for you, right? right. You got to take it into them. And it's the motto of your turn is change the woman, change the family, change the community. And because once we decide to take power, take our power back, the only thing that you own in your whole life is your health. Everyone mm-hmm. else can leave you and they might, right? We trade mm-hmm. in our cars. Our husbands sometimes trade us in or our wives sometimes trade us in. Our kids grow up hopefully and leave, right? That's the goal. Right. We want them to be independent and live their lives that they want. And it is our job to take care of the only thing that we get to keep from birth to death. And it changes, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're not in the same body we were before, but we have that choice. And that's the only thing that we get to keep the whole time. So I appreciate you coming in, Kathy. Thank you for having me. I hope to have you again. I would love to do this more often. In this, as this goes forward, absolutely, I think this was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. I hope you all enjoyed it. And this is Melody and Kathy signing off this time, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye bye.